Futurecast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ringside with Ray and Prince. We have a phenomenal guest today, Mr. Jarris Wilkinson, businessman, NFL star, former Georgia Tech standout linebacker, and he's family to me, too. So Prince knows him, Prince played with him. So, man, we're we giving you a ringside seat. we up close and personal with the folks that you uh, that you listened to, that you watched and giving you the, that, that content, that that space where you don't get it anywhere else. So, Prince, tell me what's up, man. Uh, what's what's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? This is Prince Daniels Jr., man. I'm in the house, man. We got a special treat for you. Got my boy, Jarris Wilkinson, and my bro, uh, Ray, as well. So we got the whole family in the house, man. Six degrees of separation. Look, me and Jarris, we got, we, got, we got some incredible stories to tell you. And I got some incredible stories to tell you with me and Ray, and we're going to bring it all together because we all family. So this is something that you want to hear, man. Let's just go ahead and jump right into the show. Yo, Jarris, welcome to the show. Thank you for being on. We, we, we appreciate you. Uh, like You got to know Prince playing in, in, in college together, and like, we go we go way back. We get we family and don't even, never even met each other. So like this 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 is gonna be an interesting one, yo. So so Prince, tell us about uh, you and Jerris and how y'all met. You know how, how that whole situation came about, man. Man, Jerris and I met at Georgia Tech, and and when we first started off at Georgia Tech, we wasn't even friends. We barely even spoke to each other. It was mm-hmm. just like because we wasn't roommates. So you know, you usually hang out with your roommates because that's the first people that you befriend. He and on defense. You on offense. I'm on. Yeah, he on defense. I'm on offense, and. You know, we're just trying to fill our way out, right? At Georgia Tech, we don't we don't know too much of each other. I'm a walk on anyway, so I'm, I'm a little isolated from everybody else. Everybody else is on scholarship, so they get free lunch. You know, I got to struggle. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and man, eventually, make a long story short, on my end, I I ended up earning my spot on the football team. I went I went from being a walk on to the starting running back at Georgia Tech. And at that time, you know, I pretty much earned everyone's respect in terms of my work ethic and overcoming the odds. And, um, man, you know, I, I would observe other players um, and, and, and see their, their, their courage, you know, their, their tenacity, their will to, to improve themselves and get better. And so, uh, naturally, I became a leader because of the, the obstacles that I overcame. And... Naturally, Jairus became a leader from his work ethic, and and when he started figuring out how, you know, how to become the the the, the leading linebacker after he had a great core in front of him, uh, the the previous years we had Kieran Fox, we had Daryl Smith, you know, that linebacker core was just phenomenal, and so Jairus came into his own, and when he came into his own, that's when we really started clicking and became good friends, man. Back in the day, when I was thinking about going to Georgia Tech, it was like Pat Swilling and like the big them boys back then, man. So, yeah, you you bring up them young names, but Jared, you came from Oakland, California. How did you end up at Georgia Tech? Uh, so, I was uh, I was actually born in Atlanta. Um, my my parents met in Atlanta and uh, had me and got married. And then my parent when my, my parents separated. I was like three or four years old. I moved back out to California, where where my mom was was, was originally from, and uh, you know went on to Skyline High School in Oakland and was able to earn, earn a scholarship. And I, I actually, it was actually my mom who I have to give credit to. Um, she, 
I, I kind of just knew I wanted to be in Atlanta and I, I like, you know, wanted to play, play around my dad, be my, be by my dad's family and just like, you know, experience living, living in another part of the country. So, uh, knowing that I wanted to go to Atlanta, I, I was getting recruited by, you know, uh, all of the Pac-10 schools, um, Cal, Stanford, well, shoot, I ain't the Pac-10 no more, but when it, when it was the Pac-10, <laughs> when it was the Pac-10, I, I was getting recruited by all the West Coast schools and uh, Notre Dame, Miami. I had, I had like a lot of top schools that were that were interested in me, but knowing that I wanted to be in Atlanta, Georgia Tech wasn't recruiting me. And my mom just told me, put together a package, like put together your highlight tape, put together your transcript, uh, you know, write them a letter telling them that you're interested. And um, at first I was like, nah, you know, I'm just going to focus on the schools that, that are interested in me, you know. Uh, and my mom was like, nah, put, put together a package, let them know who you are. You know, once they find out who you are, they'll probably, you know, show, show interest. So I, I listened to my mom, put together the package, sent it out to Georgia Tech, and uh, uh, they received it. And as soon as they got it, they, they, they reached out to me, uh, told me to come on an official visit. And um, it, it's actually uh, Jeff Collins, who, who, who's the head coach now, he, he was like the, 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 the GA, you know, um, and he, he's the one who like received my, my tape and everything. And like, you know, reached out and, and, uh, got in touch, got in touch with me and like eventually went on. And, uh, as soon as I, when I was on the trip, they offered me a scholarship and the, the rest is history. Wow. Yeah. That, that, that is crazy how that happens. Like the young, young kids nowadays don't even know about sending tape out. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put it on my Twitter. So, so now, now you get to Georgia Tech. And now tell your side of the story of how we met and 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 you know how how it went from yeah. there. Yeah, I, I remember you know PJ uh, PJ was always like like kind of a standout just because he was kind of like he went he went to the beat of his own drum. You know what I mean? Like he he had he was on he was in his own in his own lane, and uh, that was I recognized that and just saw his his work ethic and his grind and um, and his talent and just uh over time as we you know I, I was a quiet dude like, i was laid back guy and like not not too not too uh too much on the scene and then once once it came to like our junior and senior year i like i remember like i think i i think i led if i if i wasn't the top uh in tackles in the acc i was like second behind leroy hill at clemson and uh in my junior year and then like from that point on you know, it was just kind of like I was like the leader, a, a main leader on defense, and PJ was a main leader on offense. And then, you know, it would just be times when we, we would be in like tough games or whatever, and we just look at each other like, like let's let's get it, you know, like like let's let's, let's turn it up, and uh and, and and like you know take over this game so we can we can come out with this victory, and like you know from from us just being leaders on opposite sides of the ball, I think we naturally just kind of like like grew together and uh eventually uh. Over time, just became became very very close friends. Those kind of stories, and you figure out how things work, and from seeing it from a different angle of how you know uh, you know folks make it to different levels in their career. I mean, there's tipping points. There's points where you know people hit that that stride. And so, like you're saying right here, like you you and PJ had it figured out. He had it on offense, you had it on defense, and you became the leaders and pushed everything forward. What was that trigger? When did you know that here? Okay, I'm the guy. I gotta be the guy. Yeah, man. To, to be honest, for me, uh, it you know I I had a uh, 
a rocky not not rocky but there was a lot of guys i was competing with for my job and we had we had um we had 11 players fell out of school in one semester my sophomore year yeah and, and like nine nine defensive players fell out in one in one semester wow. and uh uh so like I, I was competing with a guy that was a freshman my sophomore year and um he fell out of school and so like from that from from that point on I, I actually went from linebacker and played my my sophomore year at defensive end at like at like 225. <laughs> I was playing DN in the ACC and uh, That's uh crazy. crazy so from that point on it was just kind of like I you know I just knew I was gonna be on the field the rest of my the rest of my time there. And when I got when I got back to my linebacker spot the next year, I was just so so happy to be back in my like in my original position that uh you know I just I just you know found found my lane and um just stepped into my role. And yeah, you know, and funny thing, like after after my junior year, which was probably my best season, um I came into the I, our defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Coach Tenuta, he called me into his office, and uh, after after the season, he was like, you know, he, he don't usually call me into his office, so I'm like, what's you know, what's, what's what's this about? So I get in his office, and he like, he's like, Jarris, uh, I've been talking to some of these scouts, some of these NFL scouts, and they're they're telling me that you're thinking about coming out the, the, after this year. I'm like, I'm like, coming out? What you what you mean? <laughs> he's like. He's like, yeah, you know, the, the scouts is telling me that you're thinking about entering the draft. And I'm like, I, I'm like, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really even, I, I wasn't one of those players that grew up like focusing on making it to the NFL as like my end goal, you know. So it, it, it was in that moment that I realized, like, I, I really, I'm really, I'm really on a path to the NFL right now, you know, like, like knowing that I was being recruited and knowing that scouts was talking about me coming out after my junior season, that 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 moment just clicked for me, like. You you could you could take this to the next level, you know what I mean. So that's when that's when I like really just locked in and uh uh knew that the NFL dream was like you know about to be real. Man, yeah. hey, hey man, you talk about the NFL dream, and I'll never forget on draft day, you and I we were on the phone together, and and we we we, we were talking and we felt that we were supposed to be drafting on, on the very first day, like first round, second round. We was like. What's going on? Like, we better than this person. We better than this person. Like, like you know, and as we watching the draft, they started getting to the end um, <clears throat> of the first day. And we on the phone, and I'll never forget, I'm in New York at the time because uh, my, my agent that I had was um, was uh, Major Adams. I was with Vince Young. Yeah. And so Vince went early on. You know, he was like top three. And, and so I'm thinking – uh, by association, I'm about to get drafted in the first two, three rounds. Like, what's good, baby? <laughs> wrong, wrong, right? And so I'm on the phone with Jairus, and at the time, all of a sudden, Jairus is like, hey, Pete, there's a number that's calling me. I got to go. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm looking at the TV, and my, my brother's name just come across the screen. I'm like, yes. But internally, I'm like, oh, man, what about me? <laughs> you know, and and – for me, that was the the defining moment where I had a chip on my shoulder because I was I was like, okay, we, I think what, what were you like, second to third or I was, or, I was third, 
Like I was like I was like second to last. I was like second or third to last pick in the third round. Right, ninety six pick in the third round. Right, and I was just like, okay. I, I only have a little bit more room. They're gonna call my name right out there, <laughs> and they never called my name. But um, your your dream came true, man. And you went to New York and you started playing with you know big names: Michael Strahan, uh, Plexico Burgess, um, uh, Eli Manning. Man, like what was that like? And and how did that feel? You even won a Super Bowl with them, man. Like. Like, tell us about that transition and then uh, um, about playing with those guys. Sure. Man, uh, just to take it back to draft night for a second. So uh, I remember, so my dad, my dad lived in Atlanta at the time. And that's where I was, that's where I was for the draft. And um, I, I remember telling my dad, like, I want to have, I don't want to have like a big party or nothing like that. I just want to have some low key, you know, just, you know, a few family at the house, family and friends at the house or whatever, not, nothing too crazy. So my dad was like, my dad was like, okay, okay, I got you. Next thing I know, it's like 60 people at the house. <laughs> yeah, that's funny you said that because I, I, I got all the calls from Washington, Georgia, little yeah. country town folks like, yeah, your cousin getting drafted. Yeah, so like, so I'm at the house. I'm at the house, and I'm just like, man, just like you know. I, mean, I remember waking up that morning. And I'm like, all right, let's, let's just go on the first day. Like, just go on the first day, right? And you know, the first, you know, the first round is like three hours. You know, I'm watching like Reggie Bush get drafted and Vince Young and all these guys. And uh, uh, I'm like, you know, I'm just like, you know, patiently waiting, patiently waiting, and then it starts to be like nine o'clock. I'm like, like you know, people been here all day. You know, I'm just like, man, we got to. I'm, am I gonna have to tell these people? Well, we we'll see you tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to end the day without without getting drafted. Have to go to sleep that night. So uh, I know once it once it got around to like the the ninetieth, ninety fifth pick or something like that, I got that call from New Jersey, and uh, pick up the phone and it was you know Tom Coughlin from the from the Giants, and uh, I just I, I remember just taking the call outside, and then I'm standing outside, and all of a sudden I just hear the house go crazy. You know, like hearing like seeing my seeing my name go across. The bottom of the screen and uh yeah that was that was that was a special a special moment you know i was i was fortunate to just go that first day and um once i got to once i got to new york uh man it was it was it was a real interesting transition just just from a standpoint of uh you know when i was getting drafted my main thing was i really just i really wanted to go to a, a good city you know i wanted to be in a good city and I couldn't ask for a better place than New York, just just because of uh, the type of place that New York is. It, ha it has everything everything that you could think of um, from a standpoint of just business, entertainment. You know, just networking is just is just one of the best cities in the world. So I, I was very excited to be in New York. Um, the transition was was interesting. I, I remember first getting to getting to the Giants, and they had the the facility was probably like a facility. From like the, that was built in like the '70s or something like that, and uh, Georgia Tech had just had uh, a locker room and stadium renovation. So when I got to the Giants, I'm like, hold on, like this, the Georgia Tech looked better than this. Like our, our locker room was better than this at, at Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah. So eventually, uh, like the year before I left, or my, my last season, like 20, 2009, 2010, they they did a whole renovation with the Giants. But uh, up until that point, man, it was a uh, it, it, it was a crazy transition just from the standpoint of being a rookie and adjusting to like the new, the new uh, defense and the schemes and the offenses. And uh, you know, your, your, your rookie year is kind of like nonstop. It's just like, 
from from the draft, you know, training for the combine, uh, uh, waiting for the draft, getting drafted, me, uh, rookie mini camp, regular mini camp, preseason, season, playoffs. You know what I'm saying? It's just like it's kind of like just like a nonstop, a nonstop movement from the time that you're getting ready to get drafted. And uh, uh, I remember that first offseason just being like, phew, finally, finally getting to like take a breath, you know. Um, and then I, I started my second year, and uh, I got hurt in preseason. In, in, the, in the preseason, I got hurt. And uh, uh, kind of set me back a little bit, but uh, by the end of the year, I was like, I was like back, you know, back in my groove, and um, had a really good game against the Patriots in the second to last game of the season. Um, and then, then we, uh, you know, went on our our, our playoff run, and uh, just going going to the Super Bowl, with, you know, playing behind Michael Strahan, man. I, quick story about Strahan. I, I remember like my first my first uh, practice in training camp. Uh, we get out there and straight, you know, I mean, they, they put me in with the first team uh, for a rep and straight hand lines up wrong. And like, I'm, and I'm, I'm standing right behind him and I'm like, I'm like, dang, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta kick. I gotta, I gotta tell straight hand to move, to move out my way. <laughs> and like, like, you know, I, I might've like, I might've like tapped him a little bit on the side, you know what I'm saying? But I, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't aggressive enough to get him to move. And uh, you know, from that moment on, like we, it was something that we, we was able to laugh about in the film room later. But uh, uh, and then and then like I, I remember my very first snap in a, in an actual game was against McNabb, and um, I just remember like being like, wow, man, like I, I had to just take a couple of seconds to take it in. Like I'm about, I'm about to take a snap against against Donovan McNabb, and uh, and uh, man, that's, that's yeah. crazy. I, I want to ask actually both of you about you know that that first time you step on the field after getting drafted you go into practice with guys that you've been watching for years on tv like man i gotta line up with them and do you notice the the, the difference in speed and pace and everything else immediately or was it something that comes up and like okay i'm, I'm dealing with grown men after a while I, I noticed it immediately i mean even just uh even just before we even stepped on the field watching the film you notice, you notice how fast dudes are and how fast they like di- diagnose plays and and get to the ball. You know, um, it's definitely a, a, a step up from from you know the, a, a, every level. Every level is a step up from high school to college and then college to the NFL. And then even in the NFL, it's like there's a different speed from preseason to regular season and from regular season to playoffs is a different speed. You know, uh, so yeah, it's it, it's something you notice right right away. Yeah, and even also from playoffs to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, like- yeah. Like I, I remember you, you you sharing the story with me with Michael Strahan and and how um, I think it was during halftime he said you, you know he said uh, you said that he gave a speech and he said you said that that speech was so riveting and moving that everybody just came together and, and y'all played at a very high level and just y'all y'all came out with the victory man I just thought that was a beautiful moment man just you know <clears throat> winning the Super Bowl man how did it feel winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, uh, Man, to be honest, like <clears throat> that that experience. As soon as we stepped on the field, uh, in the, in in we were in, we were in Arizona, and um, as soon as we stepped on the field, you know, you know how when you come out for for pregame warm up, you might come out like an hour before the game, and you know it might be like 20 percent of the stadium is filled. When we came out for the Super Bowl. We came out there, and you couldn't see it. You couldn't see a chair in the in the whole stadium. The whole stadium was packed. It was like standing room only. They had uh they had um these big ass speakers on the field, and so like when we doing warm ups, 
the whole field was just vibrating from from all the speakers and all the noise. And uh, like I, I just I, I just remember like going numb, like I couldn't even feel my legs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just just from the energy and you could just feel the energy in the room, in the building was just different. It was it was a different level of energy, and um, you know coming out there like the whole game was kind of a blur to be honest with you. Like I, you know I, I was on all the special teams as a linebacker and like going out for the for the kickoff and all that stuff was was just it was unreal. And then um, you know, coming down to the to the wire when we actually realized we were gonna win it. And um I just remember like, you know, that that was the game where where Tyree, David Tyree had the helmet catch uh <laughs> against against Harrison from the Patriots. And um like when he made that catch, I think I think we all knew we all knew we, we was about to win it. And um like so we go down, Plexico gets, you know, catches a uh catches a game winning touchdown and uh, the rest was history, man. I, you know, I remember the feeling of just having the confetti coming down. Like my family, my my brother made it somehow. My brother snuck on the field and made it on the field, and like just being able to hug my brother. And um, yeah, man, that was that was a that was a special time. Man, that that was crazy because the regular season y'all wasn't that good. <laughs> y'all, y'all got into the playoffs, went into the playoffs, and then made a run. Like it was yeah. crazy. That had we started off on two. Started off the season 0-2, a new defensive coordinator who coached Spag- Spagnuolo, who's like now the, the D-, D coordinator at um, Kansas City, and then he-, he he won another another you know Super Bowl with them recently. So uh, yeah, man, it was a we we found our groove late in the season, but um, once we once we got into our zone, we we won. I think we won like 11 straight games on the road or something like that, um, which was which was crazy. So yeah, it was a, it was a special time. Not many people can say that that they beat Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, right. Not he got the hallway. He put the hallway. I know it was. <laughs> 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 Look, right. Hey, hey, for those y'all, for those of y'all that's listening to the podcast, uh, Jarris, he has on his uh, his 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 Super Bowl ring that he won with the Giants, man, and it looks it looks immaculate. I mean, it's sparkling. You got big diamonds. Got the football trophy on it. Got his name on the side. And got world champions, New York Giants, seventeen to fourteen against the New England Patriots. Man, uh, I mean, the, the ring looks amazing. It's just something that you want to galvanize over, man, because uh, uh, it just 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 brings a, a moment of like I'm I'm victorious at a very high level, man. So. Uh, so you know, that because that 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 becomes like the pinnacle. Everybody wants to go to the NFL, get to exactly. championship, and then uh, win a Super Bowl. And but but what comes after sports? What mm. comes after that? You know, that's always the question I've seen. It because me as an agent had to answer that help answer that question with a lot of the kids that I work with. Mm-hmm. Um, I call the kids don't want to be fifty, so old now. But <laughs> what what is, what is that like? After you hit the hit the mountaintop and say, "Okay, what's next in my career?" Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question, man. So for me, uh, there was definitely a period of transition. Um, you know, I, I uh, before I got to the NFL, I lost I lost two people that was super close to me. My my mom passed away. My grandfather passed away my senior year of high school, and my mom passed away my senior year of college. And so, like, and those were two people that I was like the most close to as a, as a kid growing up. And so, like, to to navigate through the NFL without those two people and like deal with all the all of the 
all of the expectations, all of the pressure, all the stress that comes with being in the NFL. Uh, it, it, it was tough, man. Like I went through, I went through like a, a long period of, of depression and, um, and honestly didn't really realize I was depressed until after I won the Super Bowl and realized like, dang, I'm really like, you know, to, 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 to be at like the pinnacle of, of my sport and realize that I wasn't really that happy as an individual uh, was like a really uh, eye-opening moment. And, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it was uh, a time where I was like glad I was, I'm, I was glad I became aware of it. And then it was like, well, you know, what, what's, what's next, you know, and like, how, how are you going to navigate through this? And, um, you know, I, I was able to play four more years, three or four more years after that, after the Super Bowl win. And um, when it came time for me to uh, get another contract, I, I had I had dealt with really, really my only healthy season was my rookie season. And so I dealt with like injury after injury after injury uh, my next four years in, in the league. And when it came time for me to like, you know, get another contract or go to a different team, I didn't have like a deep resume because of the injuries I had dealt with. And so, you know, I kind of like, kind of knew that things were starting to wind down. And um, um, I decided that I wanted to first, first I decided to go back to school. So I had graduated before I left um, Georgia Tech. And then um, once I got, once I decided I wanted to go back to California, I knew that I wanted to get into real estate. Um, my family, my grandfather had, had been in real estate and, and, and um, I kind of set our family up with a nice, nice little nest egg of, of rental properties. And that's what I wanted to come home and, and take on. So, so as I, as I left uh, the NFL, I moved back out to Oakland. Uh, I decided to go and get my MBA at the University of San Francisco. And um, that, that going to get my MBA was kind of like, that transition period for me from like going from, you know, NFL player to civilian, you know, like back to the, back to the real world. And I thought that was a good transition for me just because I was around other smart people. You know, I had professors to, to, uh, you know, bounce ideas off of and just learn from and, you know, transition into the business world. And as I was making that transition, um, I connected with someone named Adam Goldenberg, who is, uh, who went to the same high school as me. Uh, he's, he's older than me, but we both played for the same high school football coach. And when I came home and, went and, and wanted to get into real estate, uh, my high school football coach actually connected me to to Adam, who's the CEO of our uh, real estate investment group. And shout out to Coach Bean. Shout out to Coach Bean, yeah. Coach Bean uh, is a, a Oakland, Oakland legend, the godfather of Oakland sports. And uh, he connected me to Adam. Uh, and from the time I met Adam, we... Uh, we bought a, our first commercial building, which was a, a warehouse in West Oakland. And uh, so as I was managing my family's properties, I just transitioned into commercial properties. And uh, we, we, we kind of like started a friends and family investment group of investors. A lot of uh, uh, investors we had were from New York, which was a connection there for me. And then we uh, started to invest in warehouses and office buildings in, in, in downtown Oakland. And um, it just, it, it was just kind of a, crazy way for things to come together because it, it was definitely a time where I was like just like questioning what's next you know when you when you make that transition your your personality is like has been sports you know you 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 identified as an athlete from the time you was in elementary school or you know junior high school so trying to figure out like how to redefine myself and like how what my identity was going to be outside of sports was 
you know, kind of a, a empty time, a stressful time, uh, un, an uncomfortable time. But I knew that I knew that I wanted to be in real estate. I didn't know what it was going to look like. And it's crazy because like, I actually told myself and I, and I would tell other people that I was going to manage an investment group. And, you know, in my mind, I was going to do it with former NFL players or former athletes. And I didn't I, when I was saying that, I didn't know what that actually looked like. You know, it was just something that I knew I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to get there. And then the way that I was able to connect with Adam, it was like, it was like it just laid out a it laid out a path and a blueprint for me to like here's exactly what that looks like you know and from the time that i worked started to work with this investment group we from 2015 when we bought our first building to 2023 now we've we've owned and managed over over two and a half million square feet of commercial real estate in in the bay in the east bay and uh it's been it's been a great learning experience um i've like really I've really like enjoyed it because it's been a way to uh, increase my network. It's been a way to impact my the community that I grew up in, like like in in areas that in areas that I wouldn't have had any reason to go to as a kid because it was like dangerous neighborhoods or whatever. As those areas started to gentrify and improve, it's like that's those were areas that we were buying properties in. So it was like I was able to be a part of like re redeveloping reimagining uh certain parts of, of oakland and um it's been uh it's been a real a real like i'm very grateful for the experience um it's been hard work you know i've been able to take the take the discipline and the work ethic that you know it's like i, I when i was going through this you know it's like there's not very many people of color in, in commercial real estate and um, we were going through a period where we were selling some of our properties and I remember we, um, one of the buildings we were selling, um, we did, we did about, we did literally had a hundred people come look at this property that we were selling. It was the first building we bought. And out of the hundred people that came to see this property as potential buyers, it was one black person out of the whole hundred, uh, potential purchasers of this building. And that was kind of like the my has been my experience for the whole time, the whole like eight or nine years that I've been doing this is like, like 99% of the rooms that I walk into, I'm going to be the only person of color. And that has kind of been something for me to really tap into my, my, my own self-confidence and my own work ethic, because it's just been like, you know, I, I the thing about football that has kind of helped me uh, in this transition has just been like the fact that I've been on a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl team. It's like I know what I know what type of effort it takes to be in that top one percent. I know what what my schedule needs to be like. I know what type of effort I need to be putting in. I know how I know how I know how to study. I know how to uh, get the job done. You know, so that's been something that I've just been able to lean on, and something that's given me confidence is just knowing that like some of these guys that I'm working with, they haven't they haven't been through a, a college tra training camp or NFL training camp. They haven't been through. Uh, a 20 game season, you know, and just so it's like, you know, it, it, it gives me confidence just knowing where I came from and where what the things that I've been able to accomplish and just like knowing that nothing is impossible and knowing that, knowing that, uh, you know, it, it, it's been real special to also do this in a community that I came from, you know, because it's like, not to me, like, I mean, last year we purchased uh, a mall in San Leandro that was the mall that I went to as a kid. So like, 
to like grow up. Oh, what you for, man? Let's let's not glaze over that. <laughs> you haven't mentioned numbers, but I want everybody to know <laughs> real estate. You got to take numbers in it, baby. From all that you went to as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> mall I went to as a kid, and, and it was it's, it's like an eight hundred thousand square foot mall, uh, just east of Oakland, and we purchased it for fifty seven million dollars last summer. Yeah. Now that that top one percent work ethic, that top one percent, you know, kind of vision and, and and truth and and that confidence in yourself, it, it's it's different, and it translated over, you know. So, like the, the kids, whoever's out there listening to this podcast, to understand that you know. You can do it. This opportunity for you, you may be the, the last one in the room that, that doesn't believe that you can make it happen. But a man just say he purchased a mall that went right. to as right. a Hey, in the, in the words of Little Wayne, Little Wayne said, I've been about the bag. That's why I'm always BAG. Now, now my, my, my brother Jairus. He said he about the bag, so he gonna always be a G. All right, so I, that's what I wanted to say, man. Look, I, I know you, you you've been speaking about your your transition in terms of business, but what helped you transition from a personal standpoint? Uh, what tool did you have? What did you practice to help you take the identity that you identified with from a business standpoint, with being a football player to now being a civilian? Uh, well, I mean. You, you, you got the poster right behind you, man. Something that something that really helped me was just uh, mindfulness, the practice of mindfulness and meditation. Uh, you know, I had learned to train my body from the time I was in like seventh, eighth grade. And, you know, um, as I the, the, the further the further and further my career went, I started to enjoy more and more the, the training process just because it was like you could you could you could see a direct correlation to how focused and purposeful your your training was to how that translated into production on the field and and success during the season so like i just started to fall in love with the process and as i transitioned out of the nfl it's kind of like you know you have this void of like what am i training for right now like what you know what am what am i preparing myself like how do i prepare myself for, for what's next and my, my brother pj is is really who put me on to meditation and it was kind of i think it was around like 2009 2010 when i was beginning to like start my transition out of the nfl and um you know just creating a daily practice of meditation that really like led me to developing a certain connection with my mind and my body and my spirit and just led to led to like okay this is going to be one thing i dedicate to on a daily daily basis and it's something that i dedicated like to for years actually and it really transitioned into me just doing other things to strengthen my my mind and body connection so like you know from meditation i went into like learning learning and experimenting with with fasting and then from fasting, I went in and that, that's been very, like, very, very beneficial to me um, in terms of just like being able to cleanse myself and refocus myself. And then I transitioned from fasting into doing uh, yoga and yoga has been like super beneficial to just my body health recently. To be honest, and, like, to be honest, man, like I, I really, I really kind of like learned how to like heal and repair myself. And somebody was asking me the other day, uh, like just how my body has recovered and how I feel from the NFL, and to be honest, like my body feels better now than I felt when I was in high school. To be honest with you, 
despite all the injuries I had, I really like learned to tap into my body and just like uh, repair myself, heal myself and take care of myself. And it's kind of like, you know, it, when you when you feel good, your body feels good. You know, that's that's like that's like the, the ultimate foundation, you know. Um, because then it's like you have you have the you have the right energy and the right mindset to take on whatever else you need to take on, and um, um, just developing a certain level of mindfulness and and connection with my my body and my my habits um, really like allowed me to you know be be uh, resourceful enough and flexible enough to adapt because you know that's that's really the thing is like you might you you have like a mindset or an idea as you start to develop a mindset or an idea of what you want to accomplish, uh, I think the most important thing is to like remain flexible because it, it, it never like, it never looks exactly the way you draw it up, you know, but you got to just be able to be able to adapt and pivot. And, um, and that's, you know, if I, if I, if I say that I've, I've, I, if there's anything that I've been able to do, well, I think it's just to just keep going, you know, keep, keep taking a step, keep, keep laying bricks and then eventually, you know, whatever you're trying to, to, to build starts to come together and you, you start to develop momentum. And once you start to develop, develop momentum, you start to like lead yourself down the right path, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of like what was, was been the main thing for my transition. And that, that's a mic drop moment right there. Like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, how do we end this? <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it, right? Oh, spot on. That that was the gem. That's the information. You keep building brick by brick till you gain that momentum to have, make sure that you're going to be on that path that you need to be to succeed. So, man, right on, right on target, right on target, right on target, man. Look, man, I I uh, I, I don't I don't want to leave without saying this. So, how are you and Ray Cousins? <laughs> man, man, we go we go back to this little town called Washington, Georgia. Man, that's where. Uh, that's where my, my my dad's side of the family is from. And uh, I, I just remember like, I, I don't know how long ago it was. It might've been like over 10 years ago. My dad my dad just came to me, he was like, he was like, man, you know, we we, we family with Sugar Ray. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what? He's like, yeah. He's like, that's your cousin. I was like, I was like, really? really? Yeah, and like, you know, even though we never really uh, been able to link up, um, we, we definitely gotta, gotta link up one of these days and uh, just, you know, sit down and, uh, Come together, man, and bring bring the families together. So, yeah, yeah. That, that little that little country town in Washington, Georgia. My my, my whole Wilkinson side of the family. My mama's is Wilkinson. Grandfather uh, Willie Roy Wilkinson, Mamie Yate, all the folks down there in Washington, Georgia. It's a little small town. Everybody lives down there. Everybody yeah. business, so. It's like a whole whole little town of Wilkinsons, and and uh, that's where my dad. That's where my dad was born. Like, so my family's been. My family's been in that town for like at least four generations, four or five generations. Oh, I got to give you, I got a history book uh, of, of, of way back to like the initial owners uh, of the land and, uh, you know, the, the folks that, you know, had us working for free on the land. Uh, the whole county is called Wil Wilkes County, Wilkinson yeah. County. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I got I to I I I I check that book out. Yeah, I got to send it to you. It's crazy. Wow, man. Look, look at that. Look at that. Look. Jared's my best friend. Now I, I follow up, and I now Ray, my best friend. Like, and like, now we all are a big family, and and we here. It's six degrees of separation is real. Uh, uh, you just energy, good energy, 
good mindset, good leadership, it all sticks. You know, it all comes together. We are the one percent of the one percent, and people need to recognize you know their power, their worth, uh, uh, what they're capable of doing. And so, the way you can you can see that is by looking within yourself. And you know, I look within myself, and I, I ask the universe for for to meet someone that I can trust, that I can work with, that's cool, that I can that I can just and, and enjoy the rest of my life with in terms of business. And the universe brought Ray. And I didn't even know no Ray from anybody. I didn't even know that was your cousin, Jerison. So now we here. And now that I do know that's your cousin, now you my best friend. Ray, my best friend. Man, look, it, we, what can we not do? We're going to take over the world, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's just we, you, we want to thank you, folks, for, for, for joining us on Ringside. We want to thank <laughs> Jerison for, for being here, you know, giving us this, this uh, up close and personal uh uh, information about your career and what you're doing, uh, yeah. you know, really guiding the guests and everybody else that's, that's listening and watching. So we appreciate you. Thank you all for supporting and, and watching. Thank you for being here, Darius. Uh, peace and power, brother. Thank you. Peace Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, we wrapped up just in time because my kids just came outside of the backyard, so they about to start making all kind of noise. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> you all having me. <laughs> all right. All right, man. Have a good one. Peace. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.